0: So yeah. many female athletes who take inspiration, especially.
1: Because a lot of people still think that, okay, maybe a woman can't do this. I'm a girl. Maybe I can't do that. I think no, a woman can do anything. You
0: rewrote a lot about sports in that one performance.
1: Yeah, I think my life has changed after that completely. But you did not lose gold but you
0: won silver. You're literally one of the most celebrated athletes our country has seen.
1: 2020, people were expecting a gold and it couldn't happen. I had mixed emotions. I I got that bronze.
0: You got emotional wrong about the Olympics. Yeah. You're very happy. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Where does that aggression come from on the court? (laughs) Suddenly something switches in you.
1: Yes, I am aggressive and I've shown that okay you know Sindhu, when Sindhu comes on court.
0: People should be scared.
1: Of course.
0: Do you want to talk a little bit about your love life? Because that was one of the things that came up on Google in our research. Oh,
1: really? want oh, no, no. What came up?
0: Like relationship status and single. like single.
1: <laughs> yeah.
0: Have you dated in your life? Um. Welcome to Dirk Aage Jeetha's Stories on TRS. This is a special English episode featuring badminton superstar PV Sindhu. To be honest, she's literally one of the biggest sports superstars that our country has seen. She's overcome a lot in order to reach where she's reached in her life. She's overcome fear. She's overcome doubts from society. And personally, I had the pleasure of bringing out this story of hers for the sake of the podcast. This was a very, very fun sports and health-oriented conversation. I'm sure you're going to enjoy it as much as I did. Our entire series, The Dhar Ke Aage Jeet Hai, Stories on TRS, spans over 16 episodes. Make sure you go check out our other channel for the other episodes as well. Lots of courage-oriented stories for you. Lots of fantastic, deep podcasts. But for now, enjoy this special sports episode with PV Sindhu. Mountain Dew, Darke Aage, Jeet has stories on TRS with PV Sindhu, the champ. What's happening?
1: Well, nothing much. Just here to talk to you.
0: (laughs) I'm very happy to speak to a champion. (laughs)
1: Thank you so much.
0: (laughs) You look at yourself as a champion. Yes,
1: of course I do because that gives me a lot of inspiration and um, self-motivation, I would say. yeah
0: Okay, how's life been lately?
1: Life has been okay. Lots of ups and downs. Um, I've been injured and uh, I've uh, not been playing some tournaments. I mean, it's sad that you sit at home because your passion, your, your goal and you enjoy in what you do. That's badminton for me. But unfortunately, I had an injury recently a couple of weeks back. So I'm just resting now. And um, yeah, just getting that patience. Yeah, I just need to be calm till I get back on court.
0: What injury has happened?
1: Uh, it's a uh, it's on my left knee, I had a strain. So I was when I was playing the French Open, I, uh, you know, uh, I won the first game in the first game in the end, you know, I suddenly heard something and I was like very uncomfortable. But then I played that rally. And I won. And then when I went to another side, I was feeling very uncomfortable. And I thought, you know, let me try. I will be fine. And I was like, no, I mean, it's it's very uncomfortable and I didn't want to take risk.
0: Uncomfortable as in a lot of pain?
1: Not pain, but I mean, you know, you you know, as a sports person, you played for so many years and you know, when you don't feel that right and you're not able to play that 100%, then I think it's it's not, you feel something is wrong. And that's what I felt. And that is why I was like, no, I, I want to just concede the match because of course, I don't want to make it worse you don't know what was happening, right? And I don't want to make it much worse and rest for a longer period of time. Rather, I just stop in, in between. Yeah. yeah.
0: Okay. Um, <laughs> as a sports person who's done what you have done, like you're not just a normal sports person. I think you know this. I'm not going to get into <laughs> that. But as a sports person who's done what you've done, um, is there a very large element of fear In terms of psychology when it comes to injuries? Or are injuries the biggest psychological challenge for you? At this stage?
1: Uh, I would say... If you think about... The way you said... I think that will definitely affect you... In some or the other way... Because I think it as... I have to give my best and I don't want to think about injuries. And yeah, you do at some times where you have to keep yourself strong by strengthening them and being physically strong rather than thinking, you know, if I get injured, then what? So basically, there is a negative aspect and, you know, positive aspect. So I would take it in a positive way thinking that I need to strengthen myself so that I don't get an injury rather Mm. than, oh, what if I get an injury? Mm. I don't want to think it that way. But, you know, injuries happen. It is part and parcel of life. So, when I, like, right now, when I'm injured, I don't think, oh, will I come back? I mean, there, that is going behind your mind. That that thinking is always there in your head. But I think, in a, on a positive note, I have to think that, okay, what is next? What, I, what has happened has happened. What mm. needs to be done needs to be done.
0: Mm. Yeah. Okay. Uh, there's a video of LeBron James walking down the tunnel after a match and he's very tired. Uh, and the reporter asked him, are you tired? He says, no, no, tired is in the mind. If you tell yourself you're tired, tired. then you're going to be tired. Exactly. So for world-class athletes, because you know your body so well, like your body is your biggest weapon. Yes. So do you reach a place where your mind can actually dictate how your body behaves or changes? or heels?
1: Yes, exactly. Because I've had some incidents where I know what was happening. Like, you know, sometimes when you're, when you play a long match, and when you're physically tired, you know, there are a lot of tactics going on, like, okay, you know, you need to take time, you need to relax, you need to get some rest, and then take few points break and then come back. But sometimes it all depends on how you do that. And especially like recently, when talking about the injury, I had an injury. um, It's an airline fracture on my left leg and this was last year in august after the commonwealth games so i mean when i was playing the commonwealth games um in the quarterfinals i i knew that something was wrong because the impact was very bad and after that the pain just aggravated like it was so bad that i couldn't play but i just kept telling myself that it is okay it is okay it is okay if i would have stopped there maybe the injury time would have been less and it would have been comparatively not so big injury but since I played and continued the whole quarterfinals, semifinals and finals and won the Commonwealth Games, it has become much more I had to take break for a longer period of time. Whereas like now in French Open, as soon as I got to know, I'm like, I need to stop. Because mm. I know earlier that, yes, Sindhu, you had the almost the same pain and you don't want to, you know, prolong it.
0: Mm. So your
1: body knows, okay, what is happening and, you know, at that point of time, what needs to be
0: done. Yeah. Hey. Uh, I'm liking your world <laughs> like whatever I'm getting to know uh, yeah. I'll tell you why I'm liking your world because you're literally one of the most celebrated athletes our country has seen okay but I spoke to you a little bit outside and we've not even spoken for like 5 minutes right now Yeah, but you're so humble and you're so, you're kind of a happy-go-lucky person is that a part of your professional success?
1: No, I think um, professional or personal my only motto is you do, you be happy in what you do. Like, you know, if you don't enjoy what you do, then there's no point. You know, later you shouldn't go back or look back and regret thinking that I should have done that or I should have done this. Because whatever it is, you get success, you've become a successful person in life. But I think you need to be happy in what you do. And that's what I follow. Yeah. Yeah.
0: You're very happy. <laughs>
1: yeah.
0: <laughs> <laughs> where does that aggression come from on the court? <laughs> Suddenly something switches in you. When well, you start uh,
1: people ask me, like, I, I people think I'm a very aggressive person, right? Because on court, it it is where I, I like literally shout out. And, but I think off court, I'm a very jovial, normal person. I don't know. It just like changes. I mean, the mindset when you just go into the court, you just like go into that zone thinking that, okay, it's your zone now. Nobody's going to come in the way. And it automatically changes.
0: When you, when you started playing, was that aggression there even in childhood? No,
1: no, it wasn't there. Like initially when I started playing, I did not shout at all. And uh, I used to be like a normal person. Okay, let them shout. I will play what I have to do. I will do what I have to do. But then slowly, slowly I started learning. And then once my coach said shout and I was like, I didn't shout. And he said, until you shout, I'm not going to let you play. And I cried that day rather i mean i did not shout i i didn't shout but then that is how i learned yeah from from the next day i was like okay i was shouting daily like it's not that you don't get it all of a sudden in a match you know you need to do that practice like in the practice courts in in practice sessions that's how you learn whatever it is even game stroke skill strategy everything you you learn right practice makes man perfect so okay. yeah
0: after you won the medal in 2016 yeah What was your first conversation with your parents?
1: Of course, they were very happy and they did not expect. And they were on cloud nine. They just like, congratulations. I mean, they had no words because I was the first uh, Indian woman in badminton to get a silver. And uh, I had no words because, frankly, I did not expect a medal. I always thought that, okay, I need to give my best. I need to play my game. I need to give my 100%. And it was my first Olympics and I came back from an injury in 2015. So, yeah, that has changed my life.
0: Why did you not expect a medal?
1: Because it was my first Olympics and I was just thinking one match at a time. Okay. So, you know, it's not easy. Like the top of the top are going to be at Olympics. And I was just thinking that it's just one match at a time. I did not think, when I was playing the first round, I did not think that, oh, I have to play the finals.
0: There was no visualization of medal. No, or
1: because, like. see, it depends on every match. You can't be, yeah, you have to be self-confident, but you can't be overconfident. So, yeah, for me, each match, each point mattered. I wasn't thinking about what was next day. I was just thinking about what is, at that moment, what I need to do.
0: Yeah. With any sport... Uh, of course, I mean, this is for anyone who's played any sport at any level. It could even be your inter-house tournaments in school. Yeah. There is a huge element of focus involved. You have to be on the field, on the pitch. Yeah, I feel with racket sports, generally, there's a higher level of focus. And then with badminton, there's an even higher level of focus. Because there are more physics factors at play. Yeah, Please correct me if I'm wrong.
1: Yeah, I agree to that.
0: Like, Have you played a sport other than baddie? No. Really? No. Like in your whole life?
1: No, I didn't.
0: Like you only played badminton?
1: Yeah.
0: <laughs> okay, wow. Okay, anyway. Um. Yeah.
1: <laughs> yeah, I had no time because I, I started playing at the age of eight. And I just start, played badminton and I was doing well since under 10, under 13, 16, 19. So I just continued playing just for fun. Maybe sometimes I used to play like tennis, but that too, like just very rarely. Yeah, but not any sport apart from that. Okay,
0: how did you feel when you first picked up a badminton racket?
1: I mean, it was just for fun. Initially, my like yeah, very. I was just playing near my house with my friend, and I was like casually playing. Then my dad there was
0: to... like, no inspirational music in the background. No, no, no. nothing. No, <laughs> nothing like <laughs> happened. Okay, anyway, nothing
1: you're... happened. So it was just for fun. My dad used to play volleyball, and besides, there was a badminton court. So I was like, chalo, I don't want to play volleyball. Let me go and play for fun. That's how it all started.
0: <laughs> you, didn't, you didn't think anything like this racket, <laughs> you didn't think anything like that.
1: No, I never thought. <laughs>
0: <laughs> what was your mentality? You, did you even want to go pro?
1: Uh, at that point, actually, my sister used to play and uh, my cousins and my sister used to play near my house. And I was like, Chalo, I'll also play. They used to not allow me to play. They used to be like, you're very young. Go, just don't play with us. You're too young. Because I, we have a difference of almost seven years. And she's like, "You're too young. You can't even hit the shuttle. Just go." And when I think about it now, and I'm like, "My sister, you just told me something that day. You remember?" <laughs> but yeah, on a serious note, when I took that racket, yeah, I didn't have any uh, aim or goal. I was like, "Chalo, we'll see it and like where it goes." So even my parents supported me because they came from the sports background and they never forced me in doing anything or they never forced me telling that, oh, no, you play only volleyball. No, never. Mm. Whichever sport I wanted, they were like, chalo, we'll see where you go.
0: Have you ever played volleyball though?
1: Yeah, I mean, I tried sometimes. Yeah.
0: Okay, fair. But my
1: dad was like, no, you'll get hurt. Don't play.
0: (laughs) Mm. Uh, When did you first realize that Hmm, I can probably go pro?
1: Actually, as soon as I started playing, we used to have these tournaments from under 10. So, it's like ranking tournaments. First, we start off with state. I started winning in state, district state, and then ranking, and then nationals. So, I was winning in my age group. So, I was happy. I was winning in under 10, under 13, 16.
0: Can I pause you for a second? Why were you winning at that age?
1: Because I started playing, I was playing well. And my age group, people were able to beat them.
0: Like what was your edge over them?
1: Uh when I was playing my coach, my first coach was Mehbu Bali. He said, Okay, she's playing. So play. why is it? Level is it? We can see. We'll see where she where is she and what is she doing, how is she doing? And I won. So I'm like, Chalo, let her play where she where she goes, let's see. So I started continuing. And then when I started winning, I was like, Dad, I want to play, I'm really liking it. And of course, when I used to lose, I'm a very sensitive person. I used to cry and I used to be like, I want to play And my dad used to be like, it's done now. You can't play. You work harder. And next time you go to another round, then you can. So that was the motivation. And that's how I was like, "Chalo, I want to win. I want to win.
0: Hmm. Okay, Maybe champions are actually built in those moments. Where you lose and how you deal with that. Yeah, that's... A, it is a cliched thing to say. <laughs> so, sorry, but that's honestly what I figured through the show also. That how... Yeah,
1: I agree. You learn a lot from your losses. You know, that's like a ex. You learn from your mistakes. And it gives you a lot of experience. And it tells you what mistakes you shouldn't do. What you shouldn't repeat again. And, I mean, there are, to say it's very good, very nice. But you know, sometimes you make those mistakes again and again. And that's how you learn that, okay, I shouldn't make that mistake. And you be very cautious while playing that.
0: What's the most negative feeling you've had in your whole badminton journey?
1: Uh, You know, when you're really low, when you lose a match, uh, I used to feel, you know, I'm working hard. Why did I lose? I should have won. Why I had a good opportunity? Why did I lose? So this kind of thought keeps coming, but again, I think for, I mean that's there for some time when you lose. But again, I think that it's not fair to tell that because even the opponent is working hard as much as you do. So to take on a positive note, I would say that you are working hard, but maybe you need to change few things in your game that your opponent is able to read it. Next time, you make sure she doesn't read your game.
0: This happens to you now also
1: yeah it happens to everyone like even now it happens when you lose a match you go back you think you should have won but then there are days where it might not be your day sometimes you know you might play like brilliantly like you're unbeatable sometimes it just doesn't happen and you can't do anything about it but you need to accept the fact that you lost right but at the same time you can't lose your hope but have belief in yourself that i can bounce back stronger yeah
0: okay uh Are you getting bored in this conversation?
1: I must ask you.
0: (laughs) Why would you think I'm getting bored? I'm talking to PV Sindhu. There's so much. The country wants to know about you naturally. Like there's so many young badminton players who take inspiration. There's so many female athletes who take inspiration, especially. And I know now some people will be like, why isn't he saying just athletes? Why female athletes? But the truth is, you need to know how India is as a whole. As a country, there's so many girls whose dreams are repressed just because of where they are born. Now, those girls who have athletic ability and talent when it comes to sports, they're seeing someone like P.V. Sindhu. And they're saying that, okay, I could also be there. So it's a huge thing you're doing for Indian girls. Of course, Indian guys are also getting inspired. But I think it's more important to inspire the women of any country because women eventually become mothers. And then the mothers have a role to play in the entire family
1: sure sure like definitely because initially back then it was like you know back then I'm talking about years back then they they used to be like you know women shouldn't come out women shouldn't work do this they shouldn't do that but I think now being a woman being a female here I think we've achieved so much not only me there are a lot of female athletes who've done really well for the country and I think we have to be proud about it
0: so yeah. How often do you get asked about the same question? Are you bored of talking about this? <laughs>
1: no, no, no. I'm used to it. It's okay. <laughs> but you're very
0: aware of this yeah, one. Yeah,
1: I am. I think we need to talk about it. it. People need to know what is going on.
0: So. Why do you say that?
1: Because a lot of people still think that, okay, maybe a woman can't do this. I'm a girl. Maybe I can't do that. I think, no, a woman can do anything. A female athlete can achieve anything. And you shouldn't take a step back in any aspect. in in It's not only in sport, in business or anything. And women are doing really well. You've seen the last in the asian games women have done really well mary com a lot of people i mean mary com i mean she's done very well at our world championships you know it's it's not a joke she being a mother she's done really well
0: we had her on the show i know so like, i know yes right before you, that was a whole other like, <laughs> yeah like the thing is i feel the sport you play really rubs off on your personality a lot do you feel that about badminton
1: yeah i think it's when you play sport you go into that zone. But I think, you know, when you're not playing sport and when you're out, you have to be very relaxed and chill. I know you all, we always think about badminton. But I think there is something else apart from badminton also where you need to relax your mind at times. You know, when you keep thinking, that makes you think a lot and be like, what's happening?
0: What do you do to chill?
1: Um, <sighs> Chill. <laughs> <laughs> For, we, you know, we have tournaments... Every year, every month, we keep travelling a lot. So one thing is, I love travelling. But um, when I'm home, when I'm not travelling, I just stay at home, spend time with my family. I have a dog, I just spend time with him. Yeah, that is it.
0: You you, use any YouTube or...
1: I mean, I do watch um, Netflix, YouTube... I do watch because YouTube, uh, you know, sometimes to analyze our matches, we wa- I watch my previous matches and uh, I sit down, watch all my matches. Everything is on YouTube now, you know. And um, of course, if the matches are going on abroad, we can watch live in YouTube. So I do watch.
0: So there's a lot of badminton also on your YouTube feed. Yes,
1: yes, for sure. That will be like yeah. a lot of percentage. Badminton is first.
0: <laughs> yeah. So PV Sindhu, in order to understand you better, we have a bit of an intense round right now. Yeah. It's not quick questions. It's actually slow questions. So take your time. I'm going to ask you some intense stuff. <laughs> okay. And then I'll ask you some tangential questions. But it's about actually getting to the core of.
1: Yeah. How Mind, soul, do, and heart.
0: <laughs> yeah. How you <laughs> won so much. Uh, because again, that's the big purpose of a sports person's life, I feel. Yeah. Yeah. Um, because not everyone becomes a sports person, but everyone wants success. Everyone wants to be a champ in their own things. So that's what we need to take from you, PV Sindhu. So are you ready for the <laughs> Darse Jeetak crown? Let's go. Yeah. Okay, PV Sindhu, take your time with this. There's three questions. Question number one. Share the biggest fear that you felt before, during, and after the 2016 Olympics. Okay. Or the biggest fears?
1: Yeah. Um, Before 2016, um, I would say 2015, starting off as 2015, I was, I had a stress fracture. And um, I mean, I was out for six months and they said it was a 10mm crack. And uh, I was like, wow, what next? And I was like, "Um, will I be qualified? Will I play? Will it be fine? I was having so many questions in my mind that can I come back? Can I do well? Can I play my 100%? And uh, people around me were like, you can, you can do it. And of course, it's not so easy as you say. People say that. But I think uh, the support system that I had, I mean, supported me. And uh, I mean, somehow I was like, okay. And I, after six months, I was back on court. And I was like, fine, I'm totally back. And uh, finally, 2016, Rio appears and I was 13th seed. Only 16 are qualified and I was 13. Uh And I was like, okay, and I'm in finally. And uh, when we went to the Olympics, I was like, that is, of course, this is before. And now in between, I would say. We had matches, our our draw is out and I had a tough draw. And uh, I was like, okay, let me do what I can do. I need to give my best. And the first round I was playing against Lee Michel from Canada. And I've lost with her a couple of times and I won with her a couple of times. And um, this one, of course, was Olympics and everybody was going, is having fear and everybody's having that pressure that we want to win, I want to win, I want to win. So I lost the first game against her. I won the second game. And third game, I was down 17-14. And I had a fear. Can I win or not? But then I was like, I had the regression and I just let go. With a shout saying that, come on. And I think that one particular point, 17-14, made a difference. You remember that detail? Yeah, of course. Of course. 17-14, I remember she smashed. There was a rally she smashed and I played a cross-court net. And after that, the game just changed and I won 21-18, yeah.
0: How many of your games do you remember like this?
1: I do remember because that was like a game changer for me. I mean, if I would have lost that match, I would have been out of Olympics. So i mean that made a difference i would say and uh, after that i continued i was playing really well and it uh, match by match game by game i mean i was doing well and i played i beat another russian girl um, so when you're russian but after that the pre quarter finals i played against uh, Tai zuing and i mean she was a she was an amazing player back then and i was losing with her and i won against her like straight two sets and the quarterfinals was against uh, Wang Han from China. So that was also straight sets. And then the semifinals, here it comes again. So coming to an end, um, there are two things. One was the semifinals, I lost with her. I played against Okuhara and I lost with her like earlier matches whenever I played against her. And that was the first time, again, after so many months or days, I'm playing against her. And I was like, I want to win because... I know she has that confidence because she's won against me earlier. But somewhere I'm like, it's okay. This is a new game altogether. And um, I wanted to win that match. Because before us, there was a semi-finals against Carolina and Lizuri. And um, Lizuri has twisted her knee. And Carolina won that match. Like, she conceded it, basically. Lizuri conceded the match to her. And Carolina was easy. For her, it was an easy run to the finals. And I was like... If I would have lost, let's say, I would have got an easy bronze and I didn't want that. I wanted that, you know, I want to win the match and then, you know, play the finals. I want to play a match, not just take a bronze and go back home. That's not a sportsmanship, yeah. (laughs) So that's when I was like, I have to win no matter what. And I won against Okuhara, of course, and yeah, played the finals. And of course, after the finals, I was a bit upset. It was three games, um... I was sad when I lost it. But I think uh, my parents, my coach told me just one thing, that you did not lose gold, but you won silver. So, yes.
0: How long were you sad for?
1: I was sad for some time because, you know, it's an Olympic final and you want to win. And after the match, I was like, oh, I should have. But I think when when you were standing on the podium, I mean, the whole atmosphere changes. And they were like... There was too much crowd and there were people around and they were like, yeah.
0: Did you realize what was happening back home?
1: I mean, no. I did not realize what was happening. And when I came back to India, people were like, you have no idea how it was in India. Oh, yeah. Yeah, like, I it remember it very clearly. Yeah, I came back to the airport and I immediately, after the medal, we were like, okay, we need to book our tickets immediately that day, night or next day morning, we booked, we just went... And at the airport, of course, my mom just hugged me and cried. Of course, she had tears in her eyes and uh, yeah, it was a different... I mean, yeah, I just had goosebumps because from the airport until almost 37 kilometers or 40 kilometers, yeah, but they were like kids, school guys, yeah, from old people until the young guys, yeah, they were all standing there with my banners and yeah, it was just amazing. It was an open-top jeep. Yeah.
0: You rewrote a lot about sports in that one performance.
1: Yeah, I think my life has changed after that completely.
0: While you're playing that particular match, are you aware of how things are going to flip? Because you had already, you're if you're playing the final, you're already on a silver medal. Yeah. So you're already somewhere aware that huh, something has happened. But
1: actually, I didn't have, I didn't know how it was in India. Because in in Olympics, it was a different atmosphere altogether, right? There are top athletes. They're like the best of the best, like Serena, Williams, Venus, Nadal. Everybody were top athletes there in the village. And, you know, when you see them, you also take an inspiration from them that, wow, you know, they do very well for their country. And of course, I was also one of them. And when I got that medal, I'm like, yes, I did it.
0: How does it feel now that you're in that category and people look at you like that? Uh,
1: it feels really good. and I'm, I mean, when I look back, I think it was not easy as it was because it takes a lot of hard work and I've earned it. You know, I would not say, ha, I gay, you know what, I won. Even though I tell it with a very, uh, I say it proudly, back of my mind, I'm like, it wasn't easy. You have worked a lot. You have lo- You have worked and you've earned it. So...
0: Yeah. Okay. Um, out of everything you said, there's a lot of other tangential questions I want to ask you, but we'll come to those after the round. That's the point of this round because I get to know more about you. So question number two now. Your body is your greatest weapon and asset as an athlete. So when it comes to your body, is there any kind of fear you have related to injuries, or age, or the future, or the past?
1: Uh, Of course, you need to take care of your body. And uh, it's not a fear of injury, but you know how to not get that injury, you need to think about it, you need to plan accordingly, you need to make sure you're fit all the time physically. uh, And at the same time, you can't expect that, oh, I'm, I'm doing well, I'm at the top, I don't have to practice anymore It can't happen Every day is a new day Every day is a a learning process So When it comes to body You know what is going on with your body And when you know when you're tired You know when you're really fatigued And you need rest it's not like if you you need rest means people might think that rest ke liye bola toh, let's take like one month or two months. No, you know, okay, you know, you need that one, two days of break because your body is really tired. You need to recover and you need to come back again freshly. That's what I meant. So injuries are part of life. You don't expect that. Injury ga, injury you don't think that but when you're exercising or when you're training physically you make sure that you strengthen it so much that that injury shouldn't happen again
0: when you're saying strengthen it so much is it just weight training
1: no no it's not just weight training okay. it comes see Physical aspect is where it's not just weight training. It can be weight training. It can be, it's related to sport. It's related to badminton, for example. Let's say me being a badminton player. Yes, weights are important, but how much, like how how much can you do? What exercises you need to do? What are the specific exercises for badminton? You know, there's there are running Sessions also that we do. There's speed workout. There's agility, and you know the the movement, the drills that you have to do on court, off court. So it's a mixture of everything. So when it comes to physical, it's not just weight training. So it is a mixture of everything. It's it's core. It's it's agility. It's plyometrics. It's explosive. Yeah. Okay. Little- Endurance.
0: Yeah. Mm, little stupid question, but when you increase your body's agility. Does your mind's agility also increase? Um, Like how quickly you can adapt or how quickly you can change? Like, have you seen any difference in your mind with an increase in your body's agility?
1: It's different, I feel.
0: It's not related.
1: It's not related. I mean, you might be quick on your feet, but you should also have the ability to think quickly and change quickly accordingly because yeah i know you know when people tend to think that you of course make sure every day your your body is in shape because sometimes you know you put on weight sometimes you might be slow you might not know until and unless you check or see what's wrong in your body but when you know okay i've put on weight why am i moving slowly so you you go check if your body weight is put on okay you need to reduce your weight what needs to be done diet plays a major role so it depends on every single thing so everything is connected to each Other, and um, when you think that oh yes now I'm able to move because I'm quick on my feet, and if you don't think that doesn't work, so everything needs to be equal. Like mentally, physically, you need to be there. You need to be a hundred percent. If you're physically hundred percent and not mentally hundred percent, that doesn't work. And if you're mentally hundred percent and physically not, you can't do it. So when you say or when you ask me that if your agility and if your body speed increases, your mind maybe little bit it might. Reflexes might improve, but your thinking ability also needs to improve. That will happen only with practice.
0: Like actually playing the game. Yes.
1: Playing games, strokes, skill. It's not just games like matches. You have different skills. You have different strokes. If you can't play that, you need to practice that particular stroke every single day.
0: Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Um, What else do you do to train your mind?
1: I do meditation. Of Of course, I have a mental coach and I... Keep talking, whatever happens, whatever I feel, what needs to be done, anything else, something different. Because I'm sure every person or every human being has that. Sometimes you might not feel right in your mind or sometimes you might go blank or sometimes you don't know what to do or what is next. You know, when you're playing a match, you need to have the capacity to think so quickly that if plan A doesn't work, you need to go to plan B, right? You need to change to plan B. If plan B doesn't work, you need to change to plan C, so, of course, sometimes you don't know what's happening. So to keep your mind calm, to know what's happening, to understand and accept that, okay, it has it's done now, what is next. So you you need to, of course, have that mental strength to face everything and anything.
0: Yeah, I think this is what people don't understand about meditation. They take it as an old person's activity. But when you actually start doing it, um you realize. How many of your thoughts also die out as your anxiety dies out, as your excess energy dies out? Because that's what actually happens during meditation. You're able to just still out your brain. I think there's a quote from the Buddha where he says that a person who conquers their own mind is greater than one who conquers a thousand people in battle.
1: Yeah, true. I mean, for some, some people might think that, oh, what it is, we're not able to just sit like that calm, some of the other things keep coming. But everybody has a different way of doing meditation. I'm sure they have their own gurus, they have their own ways. But I feel personally for me that I feel it keeps me calm and it keeps me going because playing sport, playing badminton, any sport, I think sometimes, you know, you're so annoyed at times, so frustrated that I'm playing this, I'm playing that, but nothing is happening. But sometimes you need to keep calm and think, okay, what actually
0: happened? Yeah. What kind of meditation do you do?
1: I just generally, of course, I have a guru. My grandmother used to follow him. And uh, I also started going since a long time now. And whenever I have time, I go near him or I just do it on my own or sit for some time, just like that. So I just close my eyes, sit for some time, which makes me calm and relaxed.
0: Like it's a technique that... It's not a technique
1: he- in particular. Of course, you have few lessons that you have to take from that, uh, the the head or whoever it is. And they teach you how it is. How, how do you do it? Because few people don't understand the concept behind it. So once they understand it, then they're like, okay, okay, this is how we need to do. So they'll understand and of course,
0: okay. do it. Um, So I've built my own meditation app. Mm-hmm. And apparently I've meditated for eight years of my life. And oh, I've done great. different kinds of meditations. Nice. But when I worked on the app, I realized how many different kinds of meditations they are. But they all boil down to one aspect, which is bringing your mind back to one place. Yeah, that's true. Right? Yeah. So it's either a breath, a mantra or a visualization. Yes. In all the different kinds of meditations that exist in the world. Are you comfortable sharing which one of the three yours is?
1: It, for me, it's just um, visualization, I would say. Not even visualization, it just that gets you into a place where you're peaceful, you're calm. Because a lot of um, emotions, a lot of thinking goes behind. Because sometimes you just close your eyes and you're like, you have thousand things. But some after some time, those all go away and you're just like at one place.
0: And you're left with a sharpened knife.
1: Yeah, that's it. And sometimes you don't even know. Suddenly you open your eyes and you're like... Okay, I mean, it's, it's, you feel so peaceful.
0: Mm. Yeah. If only more young people knew this and didn't discount it, you know, I think, I think all over the world, people celebrate yoga and meditation now. Yeah. And for some reason in urban India, uh, a lot of people are just not into it. Like yeah. they think that. It's, it's an activity for old age and all. I hope people understand its value going forward.
1: Yeah, I think, um, of course, we have yoga day, meditation day. I think they need these need to start and be more active from the underprivileged areas, also from the grassroots level. So people understand from their young age what it is and how important it is. Yeah. So that's how you build up.
0: Also, you know, young people in the age of Instagram are chasing what? They're chasing fame or money. Yeah. What else? Yeah. Maybe love in some cases, but at least for fame and money, that will come from a good career. A good career comes from clarity. The clarity is going to come through meditation. Yeah. Creativity will also come from there. Yes. Calm will come from there. So
1: many, so many things, so many aspects. Yeah. Open up. We open up to so many aspects.
0: Yeah. I believe in this concept called mental fitness. Yeah. So there's mental health. Yes. Which is like the state of your mind. Yeah. Uh, definitely therapy has a role there, you know, to give you better mental health. But very few people talk and listen to other people talking about mental fitness. True. Mental fitness is basically the ability to be ready for bad phases of life because bad phases will happen. Will happen.
1: Yeah, it's common. I mean, it will happen. You can't expect that I'm fine. Nothing will happen to me. It does happen. I mean, you won't realize it. It suddenly affects you. So,
0: yeah. And I feel like, I mean, with any international athlete, Their mental fitness level is very, very, very high.
1: Yeah, see, everyone goes through that bad phase. When you're talking about international athletes, let's say Simone Biles and uh, Osaka, everybody faced it and they were like, they didn't know and uh, it was like they couldn't play because they had so much going in their mind and they were mentally not there. They were mentally not ready to face it. I'm sure they had thousand things. It's not that they're wrong. I'm not blaming them. But at the same time, people need to understand that how important it is
0: mm. how do we make people understand
1: yeah that's what i told you like
0: it's just this it's,
1: yeah of course we need to talk to people if people are feeling if people are not feeling good they need to speak out it shouldn't be like they put, keeping it in their mind and they are like i'm fine and just they are just feeling lonely and depressed and upset i think you need to speak out and yeah okay,
0: okay. we will talk about mental health even more after this round Okay, coming back to the round, the yeah. third question. <laughs> it takes an immense amount of courage to represent your country on an international level. So who taught you the method to be courageous in life? And what is the method to be courageous in life? I'm asking the 10-year-old PV this, not to age 28.
1: Um. See, when you're 10-year-old, when you're really young, you don't know. Right, courage means, oh, what courage? You think that way. Uh, I think my parents taught me a lot. Uh, Every time I lose, every time I play any sport, they're like, you need to give you 100%, you need to play well. Whenever I used to lose a match, they used to be like, you need to be strong enough, you need to face it. It is okay if you lose. You need to work even more harder. So they always kept me going. They were always like pushing me, supporting me. If it could be like the other way, if they would be like, okay, Sindhu, chalo, ya. just stop it. I mean, it's okay. If if that would it if that was the case, I wouldn't have been here today. But they had that courage to support me and encourage me, saying that it is okay. We are with you. And you do whatever you want. And whatever it takes, we are with you. Because see, when you're young, people say that, uh, what sport? And go, let her study. Let her do her studies. Neither sports nor nor studies. Who used so, to
0: say that in your case?
1: Not, not my parents, oh, but uh, okay. I used to study well. I've completed my MBA, so. Okay. <laughs> I used to study well. So, I was not a bad student. I was a good student, in fact. <laughs> mm. But, you know, there are some colleagues or relatives used to say like, oh sports or studies where is this going back then i was just starting so even though i used to play uh, i used to go to school and stuff but still you know morning and evening i used to go to my training sessions and back then i was just a very new uh, newcomer so but then my parents you know just did not you know hear and they were like it is okay we are with you we will support you so they had that courage and they had that confidence in me that okay sindhu can do well and after uh, I started winning also, I mean, 13, 16, first our aim was to, of course, uh, win at the national level. And when I started the winning national level at a very early age, that's when, of course, my my father and my mom, of course, used to travel with me. So my dad used to see, uh, you know, who who is playing, who is doing really well above you. So how are they playing? What are they playing? So he used to read their games, see their games, watch their games and tell me. So whenever I used to play them, how was the strategy going to be there? So there's a lot behind all this. So that's how I slowly started building up, okay, how I need to play, what I need to play. That's when, even though I used to play senior level, when I used to lose, my dad used to say, it's okay, it is fine. And when a few people used to have main draw, if they have a good ranking in badminton, they play the main draw. And if they don't have ranking in in the senior uh, level... We play from the qualifying. So I used to tell my dad that I'm playing qualifying. Qualifying is three rounds and then you have to go to the main draw. I want to play main draw. So my dad used to just say one thing. Just remember one thing. You have to play with everyone. Right? Whether it's main draw or qualifying. Qualifying, you have a lot of matches. You get a lot of experience. At the same way, main draw is just that you play that one match with a tough player and you lose and you're out. So, when you play qualifying, you have a lot more matches to go to the next level. So, think it that way and you have a lot more opportunities to play with different people. Mm. Right? So, that's when I was like, okay, I used to be like, yeah. And I was like, I was giving my best and I used to not have that fear or I used to not think, oh, she's senior to me, how do I play? I used to just play my game, no pressure, nothing. I used to give my best. I When I used to lose, I used to feel bad. I used to cry. I mean, everybody does that. But I think my dad used to just say that it's okay. It's fine. You go back, work more hard, and come back. Okay. Yeah, so that's where I got that courage from,
0: yeah. Okay. Um, Speaking about courage and this whole mental side of the game, it's a quick question. What do you think is your biggest psychological advantage as PV Sindhu? As compared to other badminton players from all over the world? Like... What's special about you, Um, in your own eyes?
1: I feel I have an advantage. One is advantage of height, personally. And uh, I feel I am uh, physically fit. And if I'm physically fit, nobody can beat me. Yeah, that's what I feel personally. Because I've seen matches, I've played matches. And uh, when I'm in the zone and when I'm physically fit, then, yeah, I'm like at the top there. The aggression? Yeah, aggression comes with it. Yeah, aggression comes with it.
0: Have you ever played with someone who you thought is even more aggressive than you are?
1: Yeah, there are people who are aggressive like Carolina or
0: a lot of people. Talk about internal aggression.
1: Internal? See, everybody has the tactics. But when it comes to aggression, you have your own aggression where you can't show that aggression converted into anger. When I say aggression, you have to be like, you need to pump up yourself every single time. You can't just shout. You lose your temper. So when it comes to aggression, yes, I am aggressive. And I want to be and I want to be shown that, okay, you know, Sindhu, when Sindhu comes in court, it's going to be like.
0: People should be scared.
1: Of course. <laughs> of course. Yes. Okay.
0: Uh, this is not the end of the conversation, <laughs> but I just want to chip in and say I'm loving this conversation with you. Like there's a lot to download. Yeah. I'm asking you a bit of a fan question now. Okay. What, in your eyes, makes Chinese badminton players so feared and so good?
1: Chinese are beatable. So...
0: Where does that stereotype come from?
1: Initially, it was. But when I talk about... uh, When I started playing 2012... When I started uh, beating the Chinese. So I would say that yes, Chinese are beatable. It's not like Chinese are unbeatable. Back then it was like, yeah, Chinese were like unbeatable. Like they were like everywhere.
0: So I think my question is more about that phase. Mm-hmm. That's the, because that stereotype has stayed.
1: Yeah, yeah, I agree. Like, and even now, Chinese are p- coming back, performing well. But I think I would say, especially in Chinese, there are like N number of players. Like when I compare to India, there are only few but in Chinese, if one doesn't, if one is out, then they're like 10. Mm. But in different countries, they're like, if there's one Sindhu, one Saina, there's only one Sindhu, one Saina, uh, one Satvik Chirag, and one, yeah, that is it.
0: So just because there's so many, they there's, become yeah. very competitive and then cream rises to the yeah,
1: top. Yeah, exactly. There's a cream. There are a bunch of people, bunch of players where, uh, um, like right now in the top 15, they're like five, six Chinese players. Mm. So for them, it's, it's like if there is one lot uh, of Chinese players in one tournament and then there's a second lot in another tournament and everybody is right there.
0: But what's a Chinese badminton player's identity, according to you?
1: I think, see, hard work is everywhere. We also work hard as what, as what as they do. But I think it is the cream itself where they have the right coaches and the right setup where here you know yes people are um, parents are joining their kids in a, in academies there are n number of academies but you need to have the right guidance and in chinese it's more like when you're into badminton you're completely into badminton but here you you think about a lot parents perspective is like Agar player nahi bana to.
0: what was your backup plan
1: I don't I don't have any back no backup plan. plan. I didn't have any backup plan because my my dad and mom had that belief that, okay, she will do, she will do well, she will come up. And of course, I did back-to-back studies as well when I was playing sport. I did back-to-back studies as well and I used to do well. And it, there was never a day or there was never a thought that, am I not doing well in studies? If I don't play well in badminton also, then what what am I supposed to do? So I never had this. So every time I was doing, I made sure that, okay i had my goals abhi na- ranking jeetna abhi nationals jeetna hai. then i had some sponsors coming supporting me then i started playing international tournaments so in a way i'm blessed so with god's grace every wo- everything was in place
0: why did you choose to do an mba
1: i mean it was just just like that i wanted to have you know it's see sporting career is a very s- small career what is next what is after sport you can't play keep playing sport until you're 50 right? You need to have some sort of education. It's not like you don't have that basic education and you just play, keep playing sport. You need to have a ba- basic education that, okay, you know, something outside badminton or something outside sport. So yeah, see, I, I received my doctorate in sport. So when I completed my um, uh, 12th and when I completed my degree, then my principal was like, you already have a doctorate. Why mm. don't you finish your MBA as well? And they were like, do it. And of course, my college was very supportive. I studied in Santan's College in Hyderabad itself. So they were very supportive. And uh, I couldn't attend to college uh, because I was having tournaments. And they were very kind enough to make sure that um, I had some extra um, timings where I, you know, teachers, I used to go near the uh, madams and of course, learn and know what it is. And I used to ask them or I used to go to their houses and have those extra classes whenever my exams are coming near. So that way, I was very punctual. And I was very, of course, I was scared. In fact, I I never wanted to fail in my exams, whatever I write, whatever I do, I have to pass. Because you have to win
0: a medal in
1: (laughs) because see, I have an incident. I it was it's very funny so I was going for my inter exams I could not write my inter exams like the main exams I uh, had to write supplementary because I was in a tournament so you know if you miss them you have to do the supplementaries right so I was like um, let's do supplementary so there was an Watchman, he was like, "Madam, you sub failed in I was like, "Oh my God!" I <laughs> went to my dad and I was like, "What is he asking me?" I felt bad. It was very embarrassing. When was this? It was in when I was in inter when I was in my eleventh. Oh, okay. so this was like long back.
0: Okay, okay, okay. Not after 2016.
1: <laughs> <laughs> Before that, so of course I, I was embarrassed. But then, what is there to be embarrassed? At that point, you feel embarrassed, madam upnise exams, <laughs> then I was like, nain, nain, nain. <laughs> Yeah, but there were situations like that.
0: I wanna know about these situations that happened post-2016. <laughs> how do you deal with how do you deal with that sharp an increase of fame, clout, attention, uh Maybe, I don't think there was that much scrutiny. Would you say more scrutiny also?
1: Uh, of course, um, scrutiny, not much. But whenever I used to go for a tournament, people used to expect medal from me. wherever I was we want a medal, we want a medal. Sometimes, of course, the responsibilities have gone high. The pressure has always been there. And uh, always, people want you to win always, every single time.
0: How do you feel about that?
1: I mean, it's okay. It's people's <laughs> thinking. You can't change about it. Like, yeah. I mean, people think what they have to. You can't change their minds. You just have to hear it and let them go. Even if you, that's if, a blessing. Yeah, that is a blessing. See, people support you. People love you. People bless you. People want you to win. That's, a, that's, that's their love towards you. Mm. And you take it in a good way. You take it in a positive way. It's well and good. But when you lose, the same people will be like... So that is why you don't take everything to your hub like mind and keep thinking about it that would add extra pressure. Rather, you just let go. Yeah.
0: How do you feel about limelight and everything? <laughs> like, How do you feel about like Instagram numbers or all all that other I
1: mean, I don't really of course if it if it is more than well and good. Instagram is like you keep scrolling, you would want to keep stro- scrolling all the time. But I mean, it it feels nice when you put up about yourself, like what you do on a daily basis, like something different. You're just chilling in a in a cow on a couch, or you're playing badminton, and you put up a video of that. It's just
0: you, what you want to do. But do you like fame?
1: Yeah, I do you like, like fame. F- yeah, do I you like, like fame. I like when people come and talk to me and tell me that I'm your fan, I, um, you know, I look up to you, I take you as an inspiration, you know, yeah, it feels very nice. You know, when, when you were, when I was really young, when I used to see, um, you know, people up there, and everybody used to go there to them asking for autographs and photographs, and you want to be there. And when you're there, and when people come to you, like, you're most like welcome, like you can. <laughs> it feels very nice. Not everybody has that, right? Mm, when yeah. you have it, you have to enjoy it. Yeah. And this is not, it can't be lifelong, right?
0: Mm, yeah. It's it's one of life's biggest temporary blessings. Yeah, true. <laughs> so while it's there, it should be enjoyed. <laughs> yeah, it do, should. Do be. you ever feel like your privacy is intruded upon or anything like that?
1: You, Of course, I mean, see, sometimes you don't have that privacy, but it's okay. I enjoy in what you do. Yeah, as we as we spoke about it, it's not every time, it's not forever, right? It's just that short span, and when you have it, you enjoy it. I don't regret it, or I don't feel that our privacy is just going away. But yeah, when you're there, I'm just there. It doesn't matter. Yeah.
0: Okay. Yeah. You don't have to answer the next question if you don't want. Okay. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) Just if you don't want to answer, just say why you don't want to answer. Okay. Utna.
1: Yeah.
0: (laughs) Do you? want to talk a little bit about your love life because that was one of the things that came up on Google in our research. Oh, really? As in people want to, people search for this.
1: Okay. I want to know what came up.
0: Like relationship status. Okay. and Single. Like, <laughs> single. <laughs> yeah. But do you want a partner? It's not something you out and out want. Uh,
1: yeah. See, I mean, right now it's just badminton for me. And of course, after Olympics, my ultimate aim and goal is Olympics. Of course, I want to focus on that and just be completely focusing on that. So after Olympics, whatever happens, will happen.
0: But is there a part of you that wants a partner?
1: Yeah, I've never thought about it as such. Like, oh yeah, I need a partner. But see, it's destiny, right? Whatever is written here. <laughs> <happens> <laughs> have you, have you, you
0: dated in your life?
1: Um, not really.
0: No? No. Really? How do you feel about that? Um, I mean... Mayb- mayb- maybe maybe tonight you'll think about
1: <laughs> <laughs> actually i have to.
0: <laughs> you're welcome <laughs> sorry indians
1: <laughs> oh god yeah i mean yeah it's nothing like good about it or bad about it but
0: indifferent you're flowing with life.
1: Yeah, life just goes on. If it happens, it, should ha- it must happen. If it'll, yeah.
0: God has built your soul to win India medals. <laughs> yeah. I think somewhere that's how you look at yourself also. Yeah, like you have... I
1: mean, um, I enjoy my life and I have a very small set of friends. Yeah,
0: that is it. Can I ask you one more relationship style question? Uh, do guys approach you to ask you out?
1: not really <laughs> because of my dad
0: <laughs> like, like what
1: <laughs> um of course my dad travels with me and my dad is very of course he's a he himself has been a sports person and he's strict as such and um of course he's always there with me so people looking at him and his approach and the way like his approach and they're like okay i mean they feel that okay you know, but otherwise, yeah, nobody is such, and uh, I've never been embarrassed or in that situation, yeah.
0: Have you ever thought of what you want in a partner? Like, for PVs into the professional or the person?
1: See, I would want a pure heart, pure soul, yeah, because for me, I need to, it's not like, I need a rich guy or I need this, that. But I need I would want someone who is pure from
0: here. yeah. And an athlete would be a big blessing.
1: Nothing like that.
0: No? Nothing like that. But don't you think the mentality would match a lot?
1: There are advantages and disadvantages as such because there's ego. There's a lot of ego really? where at times, see, now you're a, for example, you're a player, I'm a player and you are doing well, I'm doing well. And if you make mistake, you're like, you're playing like this, you're playing like this. And you'll be like, I know what to do. Mm. I know how to play. You don't have to tell me. Mm. So there are advantages where you said, yes, they understand each other very well because they come from that sporting background. At the same time, they have their own advantages and disadvantages. So it's not like it is good to date a athlete. No, I don't think so. There are both ways. Yeah, good and bad.
0: Do badminton players date each other?
1: There are a lot of badminton players who have dated each other. They
0: and how are. have you seen that relationship pan out? I mean,
1: it's good. See, um, you don't know what's going, in, going on in their life, <laughs> in, in their house, right? <laughs> Outside on court, they're like, yeah, good. But see, everybody has their own set of things going on in their life. Sometimes, see, it's it's always important to understand. Understanding is always better and good.
0: Okay, yeah. wow. One of the most detached answers to this question. <laughs> uh, so what? Usually people at least say that, yeah, I maybe want after. Or, You're just like very detached from this relationship angle. Yeah,
1: see, when it has to come, it will come. So nice. yeah, you are, I'm not very particular in, okay, I need to date this, 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 this person. But for me, I need to have a um, someone who's pure from heart and very understanding. That's very important.
0: Understanding about your life.
1: About each other's life. Mm. About each other's life. If you don't understand a person, then it can't. It's it's not easy because for any any profession, let's say any profession, you need to understand them what they are, what are their highs and lows. Everything is important, right? In life when you have to be for a lifetime. Yeah.
0: Have you ever thought about how you would be as a partner? after seeing the life you've seen?
1: As a partner, to someone, I would want to be very understanding. One thing is for sure. Because see, everybody has their highs and lows. But in their lows, it is very important to know the root cause. Why did it happen? What happened? It's not in that anger, you might say stuff. But before saying stuff, you need to know what it is exactly. Because once you slip It'll affect that person, right? Yeah. If a person is emotional or sensitive, because I am. And when I think about, like, when I think the same way, whoever it is, I'm sure they also have their set of emotions. And when you say a word, if you slip a word, it will always be in their heart that why did she say that or why did she do that? So before saying something, you have to, of course, know, understand, think what you say. Yeah. Okay.
0: How do you know all these things? <laughs> do, you, do you watch a lot of Jay Shetty podcasts? <laughs> <laughs> like, <laughs> like it's either that or you... That's
1: life. Yeah, that's okay. life. I do watch at times. You know, on Instagram, you st- keep scrolling. It, it comes, right? Jay Shetty. I mean, he's an amazing personality where he tells Sadhguru, Jay Shetty. Yeah. A lot of people.
0: Okay. Uh, moving out of this <laughs> relationship box that we yeah. did. Uh, I actually want to ask you about Olympic Village. What's it like there? Like you hear all sorts of things.
1: What I hear is, Olympic Village is something very nice with a lot of um, top athletes, is what I hear. Being from Coming from a sports side, sports view, I would say. Yeah but it's it's amazing like um i've I've um experienced two different types because one is um a lot has been happening twenty sixteen it was that hangama where it was my first Olympics. I'm like, wow, what is happening? You have um different um venues where uh you have like Dining area and um, just like a snack and evening, just games area. Lots of things happening around the village. Ga- like a lot, like lots. And it's really big, right? And um, that was 2016. And 2020 was something where we very calm, it was a COVID situation and nobody was really like coming out. Everybody was careful because, you know, there were testings happening. And even though there was lots like around, you could see, walk, roam, but I think it's more of like everybody was careful because if one test positive, you know, Olympics comes once in four years, you don't Mm. want to miss the opportunity. So I faced two different uh, experiences. And even in, in the venues, like 2016 was like full on, like the stadium was packed. And 2020, like the stadium was like completely empty. So yeah, two different experiences, which was really, really
0: good. But do relationships begin in Olympic villages?
1: I don't think so, yeah.
0: Do you get a chance to talk to people from other countries? Yeah, 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 definitely, yes,
1: yes, yes. Because uh, we generally, like, when we go to the dining halls or when we um, generally keep walking around, there are a lot of athletes, you know, who's won medals. Of course, you see the medal. Because few people finish their matches early mm -hmm. and begin the matches early. So we used to watch their medals and we used to interact with them. And yeah, even in the opening ceremony... It's very nice to know people and speak to people from different country and different sport. Yeah, it's always nice. What do you gain? I think we know how how it is. like we think, I mean we we want to know if they are also thinking the same way, from their perspective, what they feel as an athlete representing their country. So it' always it's always nice to understand their perspective. Like what do they feel, what do they want to do and what is next and how do they approach when they are playing their match. Yeah.
0: What's the overall experience of being an Olympic level athlete? Like competing at the Olympics, it almost seems like a superhero level thing.
1: See for me, competing at the Olympics might be one. But for me, it was always winning a medal because people might say are olympics me qualify hona hai, qualify on. but my aim was always getting a medal at olympics qualifying yes you will qualify for olympics but uh, my level of thinking was always and will be even for the next olympics even though i am injured I know that yes, it is hard, but I will come back much stronger. And I would definitely aim for a medal at Olympics, no matter what. So being an Olympic athlete is one thing, but having two Olympic medals and aiming for the third is another one. So me talking about the second one, aiming for the third one, I think it it gives me immense uh, pleasure and very proud to say that, like, wow, like, I say myself like, wow, Sindhu, sometimes you, even though you have, you're like, okay, I have two Olympic medals, but for people, like two Olympic medals. And when I just sit alone and think about it, and I'm like, wow, Sindhu, you have two Olympic medals, and you can get another one, and you can do it.
0: Yeah. You, we are very proud of you. <laughs> That's how we look at you also. Yeah, That's how thank the whole country you. looks at you. Thank you. Thank um, you. I've always wondered if world championships are as difficult as the Olympics or vice versa.
1: I would say uh, if I have to give like one, two, three, I would say the Olympics is one.
0: Why? Because it comes once in four years. The mental side of it is more No,
1: difficult. I mean, Olymp- world championships is every year. And Olympics is once in four years. So that is why I say olympics is olympics you cannot compare with any other this thing because olympics is where you have that pressure you have that responsibility you have that thinking where i must win for myself because it comes once in four years i need to do well i need to get a medal for my country i i need to prove myself i am playing again after four years you need to be physically fit for that. You need to be mentally fit for that after getting the after getting one medal at Olympics. And, you know, to get the second one is much more harder. I will say why? Because people are looking for you. That one is Sindhu must get a medal. Two is the opponent side where people will be like, she's gonna come and we have to be, you know, we have to beat her. How to beat her? What to do? What needs to be done? So these all keep going on where you yourself have to think that I need to be physically strong, mentally strong, injury free, you know, after one year, those three years, you need to be at your highest level. And even though once you go here and there, it's, it's done, it's done, you will not get that opportunity again. And, um, of course, 2020, people were expecting a goal and it couldn't happen, but, um, I'm happy that I I got another medal for the country because it was even more harder than 2016 silver. It was even more harder. It is even more special than silver because I have different um, answers for both of it. 2016, which has changed my life. But 2020 is something where I had mixed emotions because going into... That Olympics, of course, there was a lot of pleasure and a lot of responsibility. For
0: just being PV Sindhu.
1: Yeah, for just being PV Sindhu and to to do your best. Because people are expecting a medal. People are expecting only gold. <laughs> so, of course, keeping that all aside, just focusing on what you have to do. Uh, playing the semi-finals. Lost in the semi-finals and I was really upset. And as I had mixed emotions where I was thinking to myself that Did I lose an opportunity to go to the finals or do I have an opportunity to get bronze? There were mixed emotions and I had no time. I had the match this evening. I lost the semifinals and next day morning was the bronze medal match. And of course, my coach and my parents just told me one thing that that completely changed my mind. And they just told me that there's a lot of difference between a bronze and the fourth position that completely changed and next day i just gave my 200 percent and of course I, i got that bronze and that is even harder and special i am saying because when you go to the finals you know that you're having a medal already but when you're playing for that bronze medal match you are not guaranteed with a medal if you win you get a medal but if you lose you have nothing so, getting that bronze was even harder. Yeah.
0: You know, obviously, the whole country respects you. I respect you as well. I respect you so much more after getting to know you, like all yeah. this conversation, because you're so emotional a person. And still, for the sake of your mission, you've been able to control all those emotions and go out and make the country proud. <laughs> so, you have made the country proud. And I know you know that. Yeah. but it's just something we would also like to reiterate like yeah. um even if you know you choose to retire now like you've already created a big legacy that takes nothing away from what luck we all wish to send your way yeah. for the next olympics <laughs> but you should be really like proud of yourself and yeah. i know you are on some level
1: <laughs> yes i am yes
0: hmm? But you got emotional talking about the Olympics.
1: Yeah, I think it's always a, a wonderful memory. Wonderful thing to talk about when you go back. And uh, yeah, beautiful memories, I would say. Okay. Yeah.
0: Do you cry over the course of being a badminton star?
1: Um, there were times where uh, I was very, very sensitive. Even now, I am at times where... Um, especially when it was during I was playing the tournaments, like I was playing the world championships and uh, I um, got gold in 2019. But before that, it was, yeah, one, like, it was really, really different and difficult, not difficult, I would say difficult is not the word. But I was, um wanting that medal like I was so desperate for um, world championships gold medal because why am I saying is in 2013 I had my first medal that was bronze in 2014 I had again bronze I was like I need to change the color but uh, 2016 of course I had uh, that we had Rio and 2017 I changed the color at the world championships to silver and I was like Sindhu this time Because still 2017 was a really hard moment for me because I was right there. Like it was one of the longest matches against Okuhara where I lost 22 20 21-19, I won 22 20 and I lost 22-20. So it was really, really heartbreaking. But then I bounced back. It took me a lot of time to get back because I almost had that gold, but I missed it. 2018, again coming to the finals, I lost. And I was like, I was so annoyed with myself that will I get this? Will I get the gold? How many times? How many times? But then um, I was so angry with myself and annoyed with myself that when will I get it? I am training as hard as I can. When will I get it? And I had all my emotions out. But finally, 2019, I think, yeah, I mean, that was something where... I wanted to win gold because I knew back of my mind that this was the only chance because 2020 we didn't have at that point of time because 2020 was Olympics. So if I have to win, I have to win in 2019. Otherwise, 2020 was Olympics. So we don't have world championships when Olympics would happen. And again in 2021. But uh, unfortunately, we had COVID and then it has postponed like the the uh, Olympics. So I was like, if you want to win, you have to win in this in this year. And um, of course, I came to the finals again. And I couldn't sleep that night. Of course, when, you, when you're when you playing the finals, whether it's Olympics or any tournament, you don't. You have a lot of thinking going on. So I had to play with Okuhara again. But yeah, I won 21-7 in 21-7. It was one of the shortest matches. So always I remember... <laughs> 2017 was the longest matches with her and 2019 was the shortest matches with her, match with her, against her. So, yeah, that's a memory where I was, I won on my mum's birthday. So, it was like a gift to her. <laughs> yeah.
0: How did it feel seeing that colour?
1: Uh, finally, I was so desperate. Yeah, I had two bronze, two silver and finally gold. Yeah. It was, yeah, it was much earned medal. <laughs>
0: Did you cry that day? Yeah,
1: I I did. I was like, finally, God, finally. Yeah, it was all hard work. I mean, yeah, I've worked really, really hard. Yes, it wasn't easy. <laughs> Nothing is easy. Nothing comes easy. Yeah.
0: You're thinking about the whole journey.
1: Yeah, I mean, it 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 is a long journey. I had like amazing matches. I had like. Um, quarterfinals were the hard, was the hardest matches against izuing and I lost the first game I won the second I was trailing the second game I came back I won it 2020 third game I was trailing I came back and I won so that's when I decided I am going to get the gold after the quarterfinals I have passed this and now I'm not going to go back <laughs> yeah that's when I decided no matter what I'm going to fight as hard as I can Yeah.
0: That's your identity (laughs) for all of India. You know, it might just be medals for you. Like it might be your individual singular journey. But you're affecting the whole sports world in India. And I hope you know that on like a (laughs) much deeper, much more macro level. Yeah. Yeah. Like I feel the whole country generally is waking up to sports culture a lot more than when we were kids. Uh, There's a lot more kids playing sports nowadays. Yeah,
1: agree to that.
0: So... Even even this podcast, it's going to stay on the internet for 20 years. And even 20 years later, people are going to get to know the 28-year-old version of you. Yeah. To understand what the mindset is. So your real uh, gift to the country is this. Yeah. Who you are <laughs> as a human and what it took yeah. to get there. Blessed soul. <laughs> <laughs> You're a blessed soul. You're a selected soul.
1: Yeah. God's grace. Yeah. I'm so happy and so thankful for everything
0: yeah so such a positive energy podcast pv sindhu i haven't actually asked you everything that i wanted to ask you but this is a very cute conclusion to uh, the episode so oh,
1: yeah uh, thank
0: you for giving us an epic conversation uh, i hope you liked it it was great uh, it was great just getting to know you Forget the podcast, forget the cameras and the mics and all that. Like it's great that we recorded it. Yeah. <laughs> but, uh, uh, you know, like, yeah, it, it's it's this is a blessing of my life that I get to talk to people like you. You know, uh, I get to see what the actual mindset is in order to go become an Olympic medalist to go become a world champion. It's not a regular mindset for sure. And I'm just glad that we get to share it with the audiences.
1: Yeah, so. yeah, I hope. Uh, it's really nice talking to you and getting to know uh, from an outsider like how it how it feels and um, as an outsider to talk about sports or think about people who really inspire a lot of people and I hope you know I'm sure it will go to millions and millions of people and inspire them and I hope this conversation of ours will definitely motivate and inspire a lot of youngsters a lot of people yeah,
0: it's right up there. <laughs> uh, before we let you leave, we have a small gift for you. Okay. Uh, this is on behalf of Team TRS and Team Mountain Dew. Okay. Uh, it's a memory of the show.
1: <laughs>
0: it's just a jacket for you to uh, take home with you.
1: Okay, that's so, so sweet.
0: Yeah, it's a gift from our side. <laughs> Thank uh, you. I'll, I'll I'll hand it back okay. to the team. So thank you thank for being you so much. a part of the series. <laughs> uh, finally, before we let you go, this is the Darke Aage Jeet Hai Courage Award on behalf of Mountain Dew for being a part of this thank series. You. <laughs> this whole uh, series was about trying to download the best mindsets in India. Uh, try to understand courage in its core. There's literally no one better than you Uh, at this stage of (laughs) the Indian story. I feel our country is going through a big amount of change. And you're one of those icons who's teaching a lot of people a lot of things. So I'm just glad I got (laughs) to be uh, a part of this narrative about your mind. Thank Thank you. you. I (laughs) hope to speak to you again. And the next time I speak to you, we'll talk about all those other badminton details and more. Uh, yeah, I'm questions. sure you're
1: gonna do a lot of research now. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah, there's there's a lot more to speak to you about. Like we yeah. didn't even touch upon fitness, health. I all know, that stuff, I know. It, was, it was more
1: happened. of yeah. It was a lovely conversation. I mean, we just got into it so deep that we're just like going with the flow. <laughs> you,
0: know, you like podcasts? Yeah,
1: yeah. It was really, really nice. Like it made me feel like I just went back and then I was like, just thinking about those memories and which felt like I was just in that movement and then I was just in that where it just got me emotional and just kept me going. Yeah.
0: On a very human level, like I'm not talking to P.V. Sindhu, the, the icon or yeah, the badminton yeah, player, yeah. Yeah. but, um, you know, I, I think it's very cool how you handle... All of it—the tsunami of fame, the tsunami of emotions, and the tsunami of the world of badminton—just on a human level, uh, it's incredible. It's incredible, and I meet all kinds of people through the show. But you're very, very, very special. Oh,
1: so thank you. That's so sweet. Just,
0: I hope you know that on yeah, like a human level. But thank you so much. And, and that's your real <laughs> strength, and that's why you are PV Sindhu. Uh, so
1: thank you. Thank you for being on
0: the show, and I hope to speak to you again. Yes. So thank you. PV <laughs> That was the episode for today, ladies and gentlemen. I absolutely love talking to sports stars because I feel honestly, they're some of the most real guests that I get to interact with. They're very connected to the pure course, As I spoke about on this podcast with PV Sindhu as well, they're the exact personality that you witness on screen. It's very easy speaking with them. And definitely some of that energy rubs off on me as the podcaster. And I'm sure rubs off on you as the listener. So if you're feeling more courageous. If you're feeling more motivated. If you're feeling more positively aggressive. Gotta thank a guest for today. PV Sindhu. I'm sure she's going to be back on the show. This one's gonna stay with me for a very long time. Because of how easy and motivational it was at the same time. And I think that's the reason for her greatness as well. She is an easygoing person on one side. But on the other side you have this ferocious champion inside her. That was the beauty of this particular episode. Also to everyone listening this. A lot more is coming your way on TRS's Dar Ke Aage Jeet Hai stories. So if you also want to meet me in person, ensure that you head over to Mountain Dew India's Instagram page. And on the topmost post, you share your Dar Se Jeet Tak story with the hashtag Dar Ke Aage Jeet Hai stories. Five lucky contestants will have a chance of meeting yours truly and getting to have a fantastic conversation Just like the ones on the podcast. I'll see you very soon. The team will see you very soon. And we'll be back for some more epic TRS episodes. See you.